It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or maybe you're listening on FM 100.3, or maybe you're listening on the stream, WROLradio.com. Who knows where you're listening? You could be listening everywhere. Dennis is looking all upset. Something's wrong. The recording isn't working. i got to figure it out. All right. Well, you do that. You do that. And we'll do we'll do other stuff. You'll, we'll let you do whatever you do over there, because... And besides, it was your birthday this week. Take it easy. We understand. We understand you got a year older this week. Yesterday. 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 Is that when it was? Yes. yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, go fix that. I'm doing it. Do you? Yeah. You to get it all figured out, do you? Anyway, hey, we have uh, we have a studio. We have an in studio guest. Well, we'll get to we'll get to him in just a second. We'll just cover a few things. Uh, we don't get in studio guests very often, so uh, but we have. Uh, well, uh, there's uh, there's some interesting stories in the news this morning, and uh, one of them, which I thought was kind of interesting, and this was a dealership in Connecticut, and um, it was um, it was it was uh, the controller of a Connecticut BMW store. Um, she used some embezzled funds to buy a car. But then she stole another $50,000 to buy a Ford Mustang. Then she stole some more money. And apparently she ended up with um, about $755,000 of, uh, of the dealership's money. Um, it says here that, uh, let's see, who is she? She's uh, Her last name is Small. She's of New Windsor, New York. She pleaded guilty to wire fraud and was sent in, uh, in U.S. District Court to 30 months in prison. She's scheduled to report to prison on February 2nd. Prosecutors alleged that she enriched herself by means of material false and fraudulent pretenses, representations, and promises. The dealership insurance policies covered most of the loss, but apparently not all of it, according to the prosecution. In addition to prison... Uh, She's been required to uh, pay back all the money. She paid back about 200000 so far. Um, wire fraud carries a maximum possible sentence of 20 years in prison and a fine of more than $2.2 million. Um, she lived pretty good with her, uh, with her stolen money, including first-class travel for herself and her husband in Jamaica, Australia, Australia, Mexico, and payments to contractors who landscaped and remodeled her home. Uh, she began embezzling uh, 50 business days after being hired. So she she only worked for about a month and a half before she started stealing money, and she was making one hundred and fifty grand a year, which included the personal use of a luxury vehicle. Um, it says here Vanessa thrived on making it seem like she was being a hero and pointing out flaws and help improve them. Apparently, the flaws were how to make more money for herself and to steal from us. According to the president of the company, Paula Kalari said in in court as part of the witness impact statement. Kalari said the thievery caused the store a huge amount of trouble. I guess if you're stealing almost a billion dollars, uh, we were concerned. Uh, of the dealership finances, and they were not making profits the way we should have been. 
We had to let go many of our people. Apparently, they didn't. They weren't watching their own books, is what it comes down to. Um, says here she was motivated by greed. The U.S. Attorney's Office said in court filings that Venice Small was motivated by greed and called her an active consumer of non-essential expenditures, including cosmetic surgery and fashionable clothes. Uh, it used such terms as high-volume spending habits, habits, opulent lifestyle, and lavish materialism. The uh, forensic audit showed that uh, actually she stole $904,659 through 65 authorized, unauthorized electronic fund transfers from the um, bank account uh, with the money going into her personal American Express account. In one such transaction, dealership bank uh, wired $18,000 to American Express. In addition, she wrote 28 bogus checks totaling over $200,000 to pay her own credit cards. Contractors worked on her home and dealership where she bought the Mustang. Prosecutors said she also chalked up 31000 in unauthorized reimbursements and credit card expenses. She's pretty professional at this. In a uh, sentencing memo, the prosecution uh, sought a 31 to 41 month prison term and said she had a history of financial improprieties with at least two prior employers, both of which fired her. A spokesman for the U.S. Attorney General's office said she wasn't prosecuting those cases, according to court filing. In Venice Small's uh, presenting memorandum, the defense lawyers asked for probation. She is not a hardened criminal. Seems like she might have been. Memorandum said the illegal activity represents an aberration of her behavior and character and resulted from, uh, in part from emotional and mental challenges. Her defense attorneys didn't return emails or phone calls. Um, the owner of the dealership uh, had a little different thing. The only thing that Vanessa was sorry about is that uh, she stayed with our company too long and got caught. People like Vanessa do not change their stripes. Interesting. You getting that to work over there? I'm trying something new. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to talk to Josh anyway. Even though I wanted to record it, you wanted to record it, but we'll talk to him anyway. So in the studio with us, we had uh, Josh on the phone with us. Was it back in the summertime? Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, like a May. Yeah. 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 And um, refresh everybody. You took a Ram van and turned it into basically a house. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, it's uh, it's basically a camp camper van. So I took a cargo van and I uh, built it out with a, a kitchen and, uh, you know, a composting toilet and a bed and uh, storage and cabinets. And uh, rent, runs on solar power, and um, uh, a, a lot of people have been doing it. Um, it's it's sort of becoming a movement a little bit, and um, and uh, it's been it's been a really great year. Um, I started in April, and I just finished. I'm 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 back in Boston. I'm back home and visiting family for uh, the holidays. And um, it, was, uh, it was such a great trip that I'm gonna try and keep it going. Do it uh, do it again this coming year, 2019. What do you do? What do you do for work? Um, so I, uh, I'm in real estate, uh, you know, I'm a real estate broker in Florida and I, um, I also, you know, own some rental properties that I've accumulated over the years and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I invest in, in, uh, in, in real estate, like flipping houses and apartment okay. buildings and stuff like that. But you know, I'm pretty, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, uh. I'm kind of the opposite of that lady you just talked about on the, <laughs> on the uh, you know, uh, I'm very uh, minimalistic. Uh, I don't like a lot of things uh, to, you know, I, I don't need a lot of things um, to make myself happy. So I actually don't spend a lot of money. Yeah. So um, my overhead's pretty low. 
So um, it, that's that's really what allows me to to travel. It's not you know necessarily how much yep. money I make. It's it's how much money I'm spending. Okay. And when you're doing this, when you're out on when you're out on the road, are you still able to conduct business? Um, I am. I, I try and. Um, I try and have everything done when I leave so that I can focus on uh, not focusing <laughs> so I can uh, sort of uh, turn my brain off, so to speak. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I do, you know, I do need to take care of, you know, thing, the, you know, higher level things, but all the, you know, all the little uh, intricacies of, you know, uh, everyday type uh, operating stuff, I, I try, I try and like uh, avoid and, um, and really focus on um, get kind of uh, detaching from yeah. society or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Well, I you know, the tiny house craze, I guess, which is sort of building a little house on a trailer chassis and towing it around is similar to that, right? Yeah, actually, that was kind of the... Um, that was kind of the uh, the spark that, that had me uh, interested in doing this. I actually uh, started looking at tiny houses and I realized that if I was really going to do this, tiny houses were uh, too big. Yeah. So uh, it sounds kind of funny, but uh, you know, if you think of a tiny house and you and you really think about the practicality of it, um, if you if you want to travel like I do, which is um, you know in remote areas and um, you know national parks and stuff like that, you can't roll into you know Yellowstone National Park with a tiny house. Yeah. Um, you and a lot of the RV parks don't allow uh, tiny houses, so uh, unless they're they have some certification, RV certification. So uh, I kind of threw out the tiny house pretty quickly because with tiny houses you have to make arrangements of where you're going to keep it, uh, you know, months in advance, and you're really just not mobile enough. And so I, uh, I quickly figured out that, you know, if I really wanted to do the type of traveling that I wanted to do, I was going to need to go even smaller than a mm. tiny house. Yeah, and the thing about, I mean, I've watched the TV show a couple of times. The thing about the tiny houses, first off, I kind of wonder how solid they really would be when they're being if you were moving them more than a couple of times because they still are wooden brackets and screws and the second thing is they always end up on a three million dollar piece of property you know so there's this there's this you know fifty thousand dollar 200 square foot or 100 square foot tiny house and it's on this piece of property that it just it it never seems to it's always sort of the same thing it's like oh well you know, this is my parents' property overlooking, you know, someplace beautiful. And it's like, yeah, but you can't do that if you live in, you know, if you don't have that connection to something, I guess. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of why I did the whole van thing is because, you know, with those tiny houses, you got to, you got to figure out, it, they're really for moving maybe once or twice a year, yeah. six yeah. months here, six months there. If, if that, um, Really, it's uh, it's it's not practical for somebody that wants to to travel yeah. a lot, you know. And I looked at RVs as well, and the, you know the problem with RVs is a lot of them are kind of cookie cutter, and um, they're they're very large. Um, they do have smaller. They're starting to make smaller like van RVs, but um, with most of the RVs, you know, you have to plug them in um, when you get to where you're going because uh, they're they run on a lot of the stuff that they run on is uh, you know 110 volt, yeah. and um, you know they have to be connected to water. What I wanted was something that I could have like a pretty nice size water tank, um, and um, you know I have my I have my power uh, hooked up to solar, but it also charges on my uh, off of my alternator. Okay. So um, I I literally 
I, I didn't plug in once on my trip. So um, I'm com kind of completely off the grid. And um, so what I wanted to create with my with my custom van was something that I could be completely off grid. It's kind of like a, I call it a boondocking van, which is where you're like off the grid, miles away from anybody. Um, and of course I go into cities when I'm, you know, restocking on food and, and doing laundry and, you know, just kind of getting back into connected back into, you know, civilization. Yeah. But, but uh, I wanted something off the grid. Yeah. I was wondering why you didn't go with an RV. Although I, you know, some of the European RVs are similar to, um, I think what you what you built. I mean, there tend to be smaller chassis, uh, uh, a little bit more self-contained sort of thing, um, and I guess closer to what you did. But but you basically took a, a a standard kind of commercial Ram van and turned it into turned it into your house. Yeah, European Europe definitely has it has it right. You know, they're definitely more efficient and smaller. Um, the RVs in America are just kind of uh, the bigger the better. And um, but Winnebago is making a, a couple. They're making a a, a Revel. Uh, it's called a Revel, which is a four by four Sprinter van. And then they make a, a Travato, which is the exact same van that I have. But um, you know, those are very cookie cutter. They're made for the masses. And, um, you know, I wanted a specific layout for my van. Mm -hmm. Um, and those don't have a ton of, uh, ton of gear storage. Um, so under my bed, I have a ton of, ton of storage. Um, so, uh, there, there, America's coming around as far as, you know, the van makers. Um, there's a lot of, uh, custom van maker, uh, companies that are popping up. And, you know, you can go to them and um, they, a lot of them have like a six month to a year waiting yeah. list where they'll build it out exactly how you want. But as far as like RVs, um, they just they're just not kind of um, Europe for sure. They're, they're they have they're really, you know, compact and tiny and, um, and and they do a really good job. Yeah, I remember years ago I met a guy who owned a company and I think the company was someplace in the middle of the country where they build all kinds of rvs and stuff but he actually built a four by four and it was a, a chevy or gmc van and originally he built it just for people to kind of hunt and fish and do that then he started to build essentially small camper vans with a, a little bit of a raised roof so you could stand up inside of it and they were they were pretty unique because back then if you were if you were looking for a, a four-wheel drive van you were building it yourself mm -hmm. and uh they turned it into you know their own little captive market but you're right it became one of those things where it was such a small company you would have to order it in january to get it in august yeah when i first started uh when i first started uh when i first um came up with the idea of doing it i, I did i started with tiny houses you know i watched the tiny right. house shows and then i quickly realized that i wanted a van um and then i started looking at companies that um that build out vans and i contacted about i think five or ten companies and i had um I had singled out one company that gave me a really good price, um, and uh, they did really good quality. And um, when I called them back, like a month later, when I had finally bought the van, they had gone from a four-month waiting list to a seven-month waiting list in just a month. Mm. And it's uh, it, it was getting so popular. And now I actually I actually met the owner of that company when I was in Colorado. I actually bumped into him at a rock climbing gym. They have a year-long waiting list now. So. Um, it's getting it's definitely getting like more and more popular especially with you know instagram and and social media yeah. people are people are starting to get turned on did he offer you a job while you were there <laughs> uh no but he i showed him pictures of my van and he was he was very impressed and uh 
he wanted to he he, he wanted to to take a look at it so yeah yeah let's let's start with the van it's a it was a basic shell and how did you come up with the idea of what you what you needed and how many times did you kind of change your plans yeah so actually the planning uh the planning of the van took longer than the actual build um because um, I was figuring out the floor plan. I was figuring first. You need to figure out what what model van you want because yeah. they make a Ford Transit, they make a, a Ram uh, ProMaster, and they make a Sprinter, uh, Mercedes Sprinter. So uh, each one of those have their own pros and cons. I went with the ProMaster just because it was a little bit uh, better priced. The uh, ratio of cargo space to actual overall length of the van was better. Mm-hmm. It has a little bit more right angles inside the cargo area for just for you know easy, easier, less, uh, less e- tricky cuts. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then um, uh, and then also uh, the ProMaster is a lot less expensive to maintain. You know, as far as oil yeah. changes and repairs and stuff like that. So. Um, I personally went with the ProMaster. I know that the Mercedes Sprinter is probably the most uh, is the most popular and the, the most like aftermarket uh, stuff that they make is for the for the Sprinter. Um, but you know, they're they're starting to come up with stuff for the for the ProMaster. So once you once you figure out what what model van that you want, then you have to figure out what which which uh, I guess which brand of van you want. Then you got to figure out which model you want and yeah. then which options you yeah. want. So I went with the double door uh, because I wanted to. Uh, the double door, so it has actually doors on the yeah. uh, sliding doors on the driver and the uh, the the passenger side, so I can actually get to some of my stuff from outside the van on the driver's side. And then um, I went with the longest model, uh, which is the uh, it's like a hundred and fifty nine inch wheelbase extended, which is an extra fourteen inches, which um, you know allows me to have a full size bed in the back and I can fit my bike under the bed. So that extra fourteen inches um, is actually really great and it, it still fits into a parking space. Yeah. It might hang out a, a depending bit, yeah. on the parking yeah. space. It might hit, hang out like a foot, but I uh, I usually park in the back of a parking lot, you know, f- far away from where most people yeah. in front of the store. Um, so after you figure out well, you know what size you know van you want, then you gotta um, then you need to figure out you know, your floor plan. And, and that's really where, where I decided to do a, you know, a custom build rather than an RV. Yeah. Did you, did you kind of sketch it out on a napkin or did you use like a basic CAD program? Yeah. So I, I spent, I spent, uh, months uh going on youtube going on instagram and and looking at all the different floor plans that other people had done and kind of kind of frankensteining yeah. uh you know piecemealing you know what things i wanted um and then i i drew it out um on like graph paper yeah. uh, i tried to make it as yeah. down to the yeah. down to the inch as possible yeah. and then i have a couple friends in uh in colorado a married couple that are both architects and i sent them kind of my um my crude uh, yeah. hand 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 done drawing and uh, they um they actually went to a dodge dealership and they took actual measurements yeah. down to the centimeter and um and then they brought it back home and they they did it on CAD yeah. and it was exactly what I wanted perfect and um, a couple tweaks back and forth and and it was it was done and then I and then I started the build for pretty much from there yeah now did you hand build all the cabinets or did you buy stock cabinets or how how did that work yeah so I I did a lot of the work myself as far as um, insulating the van running all the you know wiring um, I did a lot of the um, you know, wall panels and stuff like that. As far as cabinets, I, I didn't, I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the, the, the workshop necessary mm-hmm. to do that. So I have, uh, you know, I had 
company that I worked with that helped me build out the custom custom cabinets. Um, I wanted, um, I guess, typical counter depth cabinets are like 24 inches, mm -hmm. but that was going to um, create too small of a walking, yeah. uh, like yeah. a walking area. Yeah. So I actually shrunk them down to 20, 20 inches deep. Yeah. So I have more space in between. Yeah. So it's a little less cramped in the van. So I had those custom built. Yeah. And did um, the person who was building the cabinets, did they kind of look at you and go, what are you doing? No. I, no? Uh, no. I actually, I, so I'm in the real estate investment business, and I have a guy that builds my cabinets, but he was so busy that he wasn't able to do it. But there was a company uh, in Florida that actually, what they, what they specialize in is... Um, is remodeling RVs. Oh, okay. So they were very familiar with yeah. what I wanted to yeah. do. Um, they had never done uh, a, a cargo van. Yeah. Uh, but after after the trip, I went back for them to kind of fix some stuff that was wrong. Yeah. And in that year that I had been gone, he said, it's really weird. After you, after you came in to do yours, I've been getting calls nonstop of, of people that want to do vans. Wow. Wow. So, and, you know, and like... Whether it's a house or a van, um, the wiring is an important part. So um, be able to run, like you said, you run solar voltaic for, for everything. Are you running a 12-volt inverter sort of setup? Yeah, everything in the van is 12-volt uh, pretty much. I have, uh, I have uh, you know, 110-volt outlets. Yeah. I, have a, a I actually have a water heater in the van. Um, so if I want to take a hot shower, I can. I have, like, sort of an outdoor shower setup. A lot of people, you know, do propane setups. I, I wanted no gas whatsoever okay. in my van. Um, and then I also have an induction cooktop, which can boil a pot of water in, like, less than two yeah. minutes. So um, those are the only two things in my van that run on 110 volts. Um, they eat up quite a bit of power, but I don't use them often. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, running the electrical, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. If you can watch, you know, some YouTube videos, everything's 12 volts. So, yeah. um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to electrocute yourself or anything like that. So then after you run all the wiring and everything's built out, then, um, you know, again, with YouTube, you can watch YouTube videos and you can, um, you can build out the whole electrical system with an, I use, I have an inverter, um, and it's a really cool inverter. Uh, it's, it's kind of a top of the line i wanted everything in my van to be really nice but it, it's actually hooked up to bluetooth so i can monitor my battery oh, okay. from my phone and i can monitor you know what my solar panels are charging at i can see you know where i'm at with like you know my my battery so if yep. you know i want to cook dinner but i only have yep. you know yep. so, much. so you so you have essentially a battery management system i do in the van yeah it's a battery it, management system and it's a uh, i think it's a 2000 watt inverter and um i have a 300 amp hour lithium battery okay. which is mo way more power than i need um i hon i honestly probably could get away without having the solar panel because it ch i it charges when i drive but, right but i like to be off i like to be parked somewhere for like a week at a time yeah. so that that's where the solar yeah. panel comes in handy and and when you were specking out the van did you did you specifically look for something with a big alternator on it so you or did it just come that way? Yeah, it just happened that yeah. way. Um, so the the actual, yeah. So it ju it just kind of happened that way. Um, you know, you don't really uh, you the, there's battery actually battery management systems that have the uh, the um, I don't know what you what you call it, but it's like a, a an alternator sort of built in yeah. into it. Um, so you can either do it that way, or you could hook it up to your yeah. your ba your van's yeah. alternator. Now. Um... Like you said, you 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 try to 
kind of unplug when you're when you're on the road but you're still doing some work i guess when you're on the road and pretty much all cell phone or did you put like a little wi-fi system in there or yeah that's something that i i, I might add um i might add uh this year um it's all cell phone yeah. um i have a uh it's a it's called a cell cell signal booster uh it's made by a company called we boost and they um they uh it, it it basically gives you one extra bar. Okay. So if you don't have service, it's not going to get you service. But if you have you know three bars, it'll give you four. Four, if you okay. Have two bars, it'll okay. give you three. So that comes in handy. But I, I think I'm going to get like a hotspot, um, you know, f- for for that. I do try and uh, when I'm when I'm out when I'm out in in the woods, so to speak, or when I'm out in you know the wilderness, I try and. Uh, be off my phone and you know all my friends and family they give me a hard time because you know they want to know where i yeah, am and stuff yeah. like that but i try not to you know i try not to answer the answer the phone or or answer text messages yeah. when i'm out in the yeah. when i'm out in the wilderness but when i'm back in when i'm back in the cities um i, I try not to spend too much time when i'm in the cities but when i am it, i think it you know i'm usually going to like a, a smoothie shop or a coffee place to get yeah. their to get their wi-fi wi-fi yeah mm-hmm. um well let's talk a little bit about that when you're here or wherever home is mm-hmm. and you're working mm-hmm. sounds like you work a lot mm-hmm. um when you're unplugged and you're out on the road what's it kind of done for your soul you know what's it you know what, have you become a different person because of it yeah i mean absolutely i've become a completely different person um yeah it really uh it it, it really makes you think about yourself and what makes you happy and um you let's just say it gives you a lot of time to think about you know life and and um what what life is all about and and what uh what society is what's going on with society and people you know stealing a million almost a million dollars from their employers so that they can go out and buy facelifts and and uh i mean that could that story couldn't encapsulate more better what i'm trying to get away from um and um you know, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time, you know, uh, growing, um, not only, you know, internally, but like, you know, education wise, I, I, have I've listened to cause you know, you're driving a lot. Yeah. So I've listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts and radio. I, I've listened, I've listened to probably 18 audio books on this trip. So, um, you know, it, it, it's given me a lot of time to, to grow personally. So, mm. um, I, I, it's the best decision I've ever made. Is was there was there anything that you listened to specifically that was sort of an inspiration for you as you, or I guess at any point when you were doing this, did you ever say ah, maybe this wasn't a great idea? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it, it can get it can get a little lonely. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so you know, I've. I have friends on the West Coast, you know, from college that ended up moving out there. So that helped a lot, you know, visiting, you know, yeah. visiting friends and uh, and and having that. But you know, sometimes you know you're you're in a beautiful location and you're just like, wow, I wish somebody was here to, you know, to be yeah. able to spend that. I would say that would be the only negative. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to have somebody with me on on, on these trips. But um, as far as you know, I I thought the I thought. I used to hate driving and um, I know that's probably going to be a, a, a sore spot with your listeners. Cause I know a lot of people love to drive. Well, cars there, I, I always say uh, there's, there's almost nothing I enjoy more than driving and there's almost nothing I hate more than driving. That's, so, a, good, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. So, you know, there's on the right road with the right car, nothing. It's, it's perfect. 
Yep. Stuck in Boston traffic? Uh-uh. That's exactly how I feel. So when I first started the trip, the one thing, the one question that I had was, am I going to get tired of driving a month into this trip and I'm going to want to stop? Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's the two types of driving. And the second type of driving where you're stuck in traffic, I rarely I rarely have experienced that because I'm I'm only in cities for like a, a you know a day or yeah. two, and it's it's usually you know like I, I I have the ability to drive when when everyone else is at work. So um, so yeah, it, what what I thought was going to be the worst part of the trip has ended up being my favorite part of the trip, which is the driving because when I'm driving, I can tune out and and listen to you know a podcast or a, ra- a radio show or a, an audio book and i really feel like i'm like it's it's almost like i, I call it found time hmm. where like normally 10 years ago i would just be listening to like music or you know sports talk radio or something where you know i wasn't like learning anything you know and now i it's basically like education time hmm. for me so, yeah, no, no, that sound, that sounds good. Did at any point when you were doing any of this, did you um, when you sh- you know arrived you know someplace you've never been? Did you go? This might be home. I I might want to live here. Yeah. Did, did you find some like place that was like the weather's perfect? This is everything I'm looking for. It's not too crowded. It's got everything I want. It's got this isolation, but it's got the people. It's you know. Have you did you find the perfect place while you're out? I found a lot of perfect places. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of knew uh, before the trip um, that I was potentially going to. Um, I, the trip was sort of uh, not only you know going out into nature and not only you know growing uh, personally and and really kind of delving into uh, you know fil- my philosophies of life and stuff like that. But a, a part of the trip was kind of a, t- a tour of where I might want to live and and. Um, because I've, I've traveled my whole life and, um, you know, luck, luckily my father's a travel agent. So I've, I've gotten to see a lot of the world and I, I've, I've, every time I go somewhere, I'm always like, wow, I could move here. But then I realize, oh, I'm on vacation. So it's, it's probably a lot different yeah. when you're actually living here. And, you know, I'm in port, like for instance, Portland, Oregon was amazing. And I met really great people there. And, um, you know, it's, really beautiful city and you know great lifestyle but i was there in the summer and you know and on vacation you know and what then i'm thinking you know what would this be like in january you know when it's cold and gray and rainy you know seven months out of the year so um there were a lot of places that actually disappointed me and there were actually a lot of places that surprised me that i had never even thought of I didn't even know that I was going to go there. Like a place like Boise, Idaho, I wasn't even, it wasn't even on my list of places that I wanted to go. And I just spontaneously decided to go, to go there. And yeah. I was like, that was a city that I was actually like pretty impressed with. I thought Idaho was, you know, kind of all potato yeah. farms and stuff like that. And it's actually a really beautiful city and an hour from, uh, you know, Sun Valley and the Sawtooth Mountains and beautiful, beautiful country out there. Did you ever get to a place where, you were sort of, you know, you know, you're parked up on a mountain. You know, there's a beautiful sunset happening, and all of a sudden, somebody pulls up next to you. Um, you're like, you think you're out in the middle of nowhere, all by yourself, and all of a sudden, you, you hear like somebody show up next to you. Yeah, I mean yeah. that that happens. Um, but typically, the people that are pulling up next to you are kind of similar to you. Yeah. Um, 
I tried to stay out of the campgrounds and stay out of the RV parks and yeah. stuff like that. Um, you know, I would, so I'd go into like a campground, take a shower and then leave, yeah. you know, and, and then I would find, so there's like a lot of, um, it's called uh, BLM land, like Bureau of land management. Yeah. And they allow you to park there for two, for two, up to two weeks for free. And, um, that's really great, uh, yeah. really great, um, thing to have uh because um th that's pretty much like typically like pretty off the grid land yeah. it's it's not a developed campsite it's just a dirt road into uh a clearing and so you you might be in a, a piece of blm land and um you know another you you might think for, you might be there for a day or two and then somebody will show up or you might be the guy yeah. that, you might be yeah. the guy that's ruining yeah. somebody yeah. else's but those but those blm lands are so big that um, you can you could be like you know a hundred yards away from somebody else, and it's not too bad. Did you did you ever kind of get out in the wilderness somewhere and here I don't know bear and coyotes and go hmm maybe I'm staying in tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I did have a couple of bear encounters, um, but uh, nothing nothing um, nothing too scary. Uh, I, I never ran into any grizzly bears, which are like the more aggressive yeah, bears. The ones that are going to eat you. Yeah. 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 So I, I ran into on a couple hikes. I, I ran into a couple of uh, black bears, um, and uh, to be honest with you, they they're more afraid of the of you than than you are of them. Uh, and even in California, no, they're not. I'm well, afraid of them. I don't care. <laughs> well, they run. Well, they, when they see a human or hear a yeah, human, uh, yeah. they they run they away. Were, so yeah. I try and try and make yeah, a little bit of noise. noise yeah. And uh, you actually you actually can't carry bear spray in California because it doesn't do anything. They 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 run away. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Because I had my bear spray. I was ready. To, <laughs> I was ready to hike the John Muir Trail, and and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can't bring bear spray on this on this trail." Hmm. So how how far north did you go? Did you go up to Alaska? I didn't go to Alaska. Um, that was kind of my plan for my trip this year, but um, it's it's four thousand miles right. from Canada yeah. to get to Alaska. And then once you're in Alaska, it's a lot of driving to get to. I think there's like seven national parks in, in yeah. Alaska. So I think that's going to have to be like a, a full summer. And I, there are so many places on this trip um, that I didn't get to go to that I really want to see. And I, and a couple of places that I really liked, uh, like we were talking about, like places that yeah. I think I could move yeah. that I want to go back to. So I think I'm going to, this year I'm going to kind of do a sort of greatest hits and also, uh, places that I didn't get to see because I, I added a lot of stuff on my trip that I wasn't, and I extended, like I was yeah. only going to spend two weeks in Portland. I ended up spending like five weeks there just cause I loved it so much. And I met some great people there. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, Maybe maybe do Alaska in year three or, yeah. or at another time. So yeah. this is this is an ongoing adventure for you. It, it kind of is. I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, maybe do four or five months working and six seven months, you know, on the road. You know, trying to kind of trying to figure that out, and I'm shrinking my overhead even more than it is now. Um, I I sold everything before this trip, so. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't have any ego or anything like that. You know, I, I did when I was younger, you know, I had a lot to prove to everyone. Yeah, and, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, my, right now it's all about cutting, cutting my expenses and, and figuring out how to do this, you know, for the, for the, at least for the next two or three years. Was that all self-taught as far as the, how to like 
comb through your finances and look and see what's extra or did you get some guidance along the way? Um, I would say a little bit of both. Um, you know, my, my, uh, my dad and my, you know, and my, my, my parents are very, um, you know, frugal and, and very good with money. Um, I've read, you know, some books like, you know, uh, rich dad, poor dad was really good book about, you know, finances and investing. Um, and you know, a lot of it's like, sort of like, you know, uh, learning from friends and family and a lot of it's, um, you know, self-taught, but, um, I, I went through a period when I was, you know, making a lot of money, um, you know, in my late twenties, early thirties, where I, I had a lot, I had a lot of, a lot to prove to myself and other people. And I was, you know, I went out and bought an Italian sports car and bought a Rolex and bought a waterfront condo in Miami. And I was that guy. And I quickly, quickly realized in less than a year, like that, that was not me. And I was trying to live someone else, you know, what, yeah. what, what the media wants to pr project yeah. on, you know, and within a year I had my watch sold and my car sold and the condo. Well, I have to ask what kind of car was it? Uh, Maserati. Maserati. Of course, you need to ask. Yeah. It's a car show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and you know, in in Miami, that's the lifestyle, though. I yeah. you know, and and I remember talking to a bartender in Miami that had a Ferrari, and I'm like, wow, bartenders must pay good. And he'd go, no, it's all about appearance. He yeah. said, you know, it's all about expensive clothes, expensive cars. He said, he said to me, I live in a really nice condo, but I share it with four people because it's all about your address and what you drive and and the way you look, as opposed to like. Key West, where the guy that looks like the biggest bum is the guy with the most amount of money. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very true. Um, I I didn't I didn't live in an apartment with four people. I had my own place, but uh, it, Miami is like that for sure. And when I, I you know, all my friends they all live in Miami and South Beach and stuff like that. And when I told them, you know, what I was what I was doing, they thought I was nuts. And um, pretty much everyone in Miami that I told thought I was nuts. And then. I didn't show anybody the van until yeah. it was done. And then when I, and then when I showed everybody, then they were like, Oh, okay, I get it. They thought yeah. it was going to be like, you know, uh, like a creepy van down by the river <laughs> type thing. But what's funny is, so everyone in South Florida thought I was crazy and they just didn't get it. But when I drove that van to Canada and Oregon and Washington and Colorado, everyone stopped me. People, I would have people waiting outside the grocery store, standing outside my van waiting to talk to me, ask, wanting to ask me about my van, wanting to look at it, wanted to, every time I would stop for gas, people would yeah. ask me about it. So it's kind of shows the difference in, you know, uh, I don't say East coast versus West coast. I know, I know a lot of people, you know, on the uh, Northeast and stuff like that aren't, aren't, aren't superficial, like, mm. like the people, you know, in South Florida, but uh, people on the West coast, they kind of get it. Yeah, you know they yeah. kind of get the whole. Uh, no, lifestyle. no, it, it's, it sounds fascinating. And you you mentioned social media a couple times. Are you doing a blog on this? YouTube on this? Any of that sort of stuff? Or yeah, I have a blog. Um, I I've just finished building up building out the website, and I've I've got one blog post. I'm I'm planning on spending you know the next three months. I have them all written in my phone. I just haven't put them on the okay. on the website. But the the blog is uh, theboondocker.com, and uh, it's exactly how it sounds the yep. bo the boondocker.com and then um my instagram is the bdkr which is you know yeah. abbreviated yeah. boondocker yeah so um yeah so that that's my instagram um and um you can get to my uh blog through uh there's a link in my instagram from from it. they both link to each yeah. other so uh so when are you going to pack up again and, and head out uh probably spend um the next 
three or four months working in down in South Florida. Um, and then I, I want to try and be on the road by April or May. Um, I want to start in like Arizona and, um, and Utah. And I think I kind of did the trip wrong this last past year where I was in hot areas in the summer and I didn't quite think that through. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I want to be in, you know, uh, in, um, hot areas in the spring and then, yeah. By the time I'm, by the time June, July, and August roll around, I want to be in Canada. Yeah, and I haven't traveled that much, but I have been to I have been to certain parts of Arizona, and it is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful area out there. And same thing, I, I went to uh, Utah, and I went up up to like Park City, where all the billionaires live. But once you get away from that area, too, it is phenomenally beautiful yeah i i really like uh i really like uh, northern arizona yes um flagstaff and yeah. sedona yes i actually uh. met a, i actually met a couple rock climbers in uh yosemite and uh they they ran out of water on their climb and food and they topped out of half dome right when i was at the top and i was the only person on half dome because i was there right after the wildfires and nobody knew that yosemite was open oh okay um and so it was like a ghost town in mm. yosemite and uh i had a full bottle of water and i gave them my water and then they they ended up coming back to my campground and they it was another five miles so i actually let them stay at my campground yeah. and we ended up make becoming friends and one of them lives in arizona so as i was driving back and hung out with him yeah. and his girlfriend and he, they took me hiking and climbing so um northern arizona is definitely i'm going to spend a lot of time there and and utah yeah. absolutely right outside of salt lake city is is you know park city yeah. and a couple of really great uh parks i spent some time in salt lake city and uh just outside of salt lake city and uh utah has uh, I think about seven national parks yeah. too. So yeah, when you like when you go to there. Sedona and what is it, the vortex? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, that's just kind of a cool Sedona's mystical... paradise on earth. Yeah, Sedona's yeah. paradise on earth. Sedona's really cool. It's a lot of it's it's sort of hippie-ish, uh, you it know, is. where it's where it's a lot of like new age type people live there. It, it, it's a weird combination. I, I was there probably ten years ago, but it was hippie-ish and like cowboys carrying guns. Yes, you yeah. know, it was this weird, and everybody got along. There's, there's a lot of cities. Uh, there's a lot of cities like that out west. Like Bend, Oregon is kind of like that a little bit. Um, Flagstaff's like that a little bit. Uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, um, you know, Santa Fe and Taos, yeah. New Mexico, yeah. are, are like that. Where it's, you know, you have the old, you know, you have the old wild, wild west people yeah. that still live there, and then you have the hippies that have moved in there. And then on top of that, you also have the, you know, the the millionaires that are, that buy the, yeah. you know, the. Yeah. the acreage out out on the outskirts of town and then they come in and eat 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 at the you know vegan restaurants and stuff like that no it's it sounds sounds like a fascinating trip we'll we'll let you get we'll let you get out of here but it was it's uh uh the boondocker.com is where you can find your blog Mm -hmm. and uh your instagram is the bdkr bdkr and you can find you can find all the photos you can look at the van uh is there places for people to leave comments if they have questions and stuff too or yeah, yeah. Um, on my on my instagram you can um you can leave comments my my uh the bdkr links to my personal instagram as well yeah um so you, there's a link in there to if you want to just leave me comments on my personal one as well um but instagram's the best way to get a hold of me yeah no it's it sounds it sounds fascinating and i uh, wish you the best of luck in continuing your adventure and and uh when you're out on the road give us a call Thank you very much All for right. having me. All right. We need to take a break, pay some bills. Dennis needs to do some work. I, I can take a break. 
You're listening to the Car Doctor program at AM 950 WROL. The Spirit of Boston phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-648-9175. 800-648-9175. That's 800-648-9175. If you could do something to protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online, and you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent, and in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Effort, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. 
That's 800-518-4020. If you could do something to protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online, and you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent, and in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at GetEthos.com. That's GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. AM 950 WROL Boston, the spirit of Boston. A service of Salem Media Group. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, on this uh, almost, well, it's the last Saturday for us of the year, where it feels like spring outside. It's like, yeah, for now. But it was like, I think it was 49 degrees when uh, when uh, I walked outside this morning, and even getting out of the car here at the radio station, it was, um, it did, it felt like spring. It was weird, which is Better than I remember, well, it was a few years, more than a few years ago. It was uh, New Year's Day, and it was, uh, the, the concern at first night was, it was so cold, no one was going to show up, because I think the average temperature that night was like just under zero. Yeah, we, and it's not. So, I mean, I guess tomorrow it's going to be 25, but still. No, it's going to be in the 30s. I, I, I won Patriots tickets, so I've been monitoring the, the weather. weather. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, hey, it's all good. Hey, if you have a question about anything, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And I'm not going to give away any tickets today. Thank you. Because um, I don't have any. But I've been promised, I, I've been promised, I'm getting more auto show tickets, but I don't want to give them away unless I actually have them in my hand because that has happened before that the envelope full of tickets disappeared. Um, I don't know if they disappear at work, they disappear in the mail, they disappear, they don't make it. The guy who was going to send them forgot. Um, but by between now and next week, I should have them. In fact, next week, we're going to be talking to uh, Chris from Paragon about the show coming up in Boston and. Uh, it's, uh, Martin Luther King weekend. That weekend is when the auto show is, uh, where you're not going to be here. Nope. You're going to be in sunny, sunny Florida, sunny Florida. And, um, but I'm going to be at the auto show. I think I sent an email to everybody here at the station to kind of let them know. And, um, 
because the Massachusetts Auto Dealers Association is having a student skills competition, and they would like me to be involved with it, and it starts at 10. So I can't be there at 10 unless I'm there at 8. So uh, the plan is to try to get into the convention center early, set up to do my program from there, and um, hopefully things will go as well as they did at Auto Toys and Randolph, where that remote broadcast seemed to go amazingly it was, well. It was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Normally I'm stressed to the max, but that one, that one, that and, one went. And there was a couple, a couple things, not that people really care about this, but when I've been there before, I, we used to use a thing that connected up to a phone line. And the first year it went pretty well, except I think someone faxed something or something. So, uh, But it went pretty well. The second time we went there, um, I hooked up to thing and I said, have you guys done anything any different? And they're like, well, no, everything's still the same. Well, come to find out they changed their phone to Comcast. So it wasn't a real phone. It was a voice over IP phone. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and of course that doesn't work that good for that sort of technology. So then we went to the piece of technology I have now, which is what people use in studios. It's not really designed for mobile use. And I was able to hook up to their Wi-Fi, which worked good until everybody else was on their Wi-Fi. So this time, I borrowed from work a portable Wi-Fi hotspot. And so I was the only one on it. So providing you have a good cell phone signal and um, the cell phone network doesn't crash, it's all good. So uh, so it, it all worked out. So that's that's my plan, unless the people at work want their Wi-Fi hotspot back. They haven't asked. I'm not giving it back. So anyway, so uh, we hope to be broadcasting live. And it's always fun to be at the auto show when it's a little bit early because you get to see them set up. You get to see all the people coming in and set stuff up and uh, kind of wander around a little bit while nobody's there. And it um, should be fun. And I won't be thinking about it at all. Oh, come on. Once. once. Probably not. You're not going to click on the WROL app just to listen? Well, I'd, I'd like to say no, but. You might. Libby, Libby would tell you, tell you otherwise. Yeah, you might. You might. Uh, same thing. The, uh, a couple of years ago, when I was um, on vacation in Punta Cana, so we actually that week we actually did a best of show. You weren't here. The Karen Karen Flaherty was here, and so she created a best of show. And I'm like, hey, there's Wi-Fi here. Click, and I listened, and I'm like, I could have done my show from here. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> and I probably that should. was Joanne, his wife. Yeah, yeah, not that happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, but anyway, our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. If you want to call, Toyota Motor Corporation has sold enough cars to put one outside every Japanese home. Now it wants to put robots inside. Well-known for automated assembly lines, Toyota sees not-so-far-off future in which robots transcend the factory and become commonplace in homes, helping with chores, even offering companionship in an aging society where a quarter of the population is 65 and millions of seniors live alone. Machines have become much smarter in the last decade or so, yet every attempt to build one that can do simple things like load a washing machine or carry groceries encounters the same basic physical problem. The stronger a robot gets, the heavier and more dangerous it becomes. What Toyota is going for is, uh, with its $29 billion in cash reserves, a new artificial intelligence center, 
and a well-respected inventor, Gil Pratt, heading the effort. Uh, this is a company with so many resources that you can never ignore them, according to a Tokyo-based analyst who covers robotics. Toyota has been experimenting with robots since at least 2004 when it unveiled a trumpet-playing humanoid with artificial lips, lungs, and movable fingers that could accompany an actual human orchestra. Um, uh, since the research has become more practical, Toyota's latest Android, the THR3, is a kind of avatar that can be manipulated remotely via wearable controls with vision goggles that allow the users to see through the machine's camera eyes. This device could one day serve as arms and legs for the bedridden or a surrogate for relief workers in disaster zones. In 2015, the automaker spent a billion dollars in its AI-focused Toyota Research Institute in Silicon Valley. Last year, it set up a $100 million fund to invest in startups and new robotics technology. The year the company restructured its partner robot division to, to speed decision-making and shorten development time, there's internal pressure of uh, all of a sudden to move faster, according to uh, uh, one of the Toyota folks. The road to robots has its setbacks. In 2011, Toyota demonstrated a machine for lifting patients in and out of a bed, uh, but engineers had only tested on healthy volunteers. Once they d discovered the frail and elderly required a more delicate touch, it didn't work. Uh, another device, a personal scooter, resembled a Segway, looked promising, but it was kept off the street by regulatory holdups. Outside of factories and warehouses, in fact, unfilled uh, promises have been the main story for robots. Boston Dynamics, a ballyhooed firm started by engineers in MIT, for example, has spent more than 12 years developing four-legged automations, but still hasn't proved they can be commercialized. Our, our buddy Craig Fitzgerald, who filled in for me when I was uh, on a plane, used to work behind this Boston Robotics, uh, Boston Dynamics, and they had these, like, literally mechanical cows. And every once in a while, they'd do a video and see this mechanical cow thing walking by his office door, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, most of the $2.1 billion spent by consumers last year on household robots, robots was for automated vacuum cleaners and lawnmowers. Uh, Toyota says uh, the need for elder care will change that. The automaker illustrates the point when, uh, with a chart showing Japan's inverted age pyramid by 2050 when a third fewer workers uh, will have to support twice as many old people as today. Some 22% of the world population will be over 60 by then, according to the World Health Organization. And uh, Toyota's human robot uh, is a machine the automaker sees as closest to uh, making a leap from lab to living room. The robot equivalent of a Toyota Corolla, all function and no frills. The HRS is basically a retractable arm on wheels and with a video screen on top with two large camera eyes to give it kind of a face. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's I, I don't know. I don't know about having a robot. Robot uprising. I know. I know. Um, Look how well Alexa's doing. There was a robot. What was it? There was a there was something I saw an article that it told someone to kill their step parents. Oh, Alexa did this. Alexa did. <laughs> well, I I know. Well, I don't know anything about Alexa, but at the Salem Radio holiday party that you didn't go to, I was sick. There was a Yankee swap. I was sick. There was a Yankee swap, and um, I don't. I, I think it might have been Bobby Brooks, but I'm not sure. There was a Christmas pickle, Christmas ornament, 
which apparently has a whole history that goes with it. But attached to the Christmas pickle was a um, Alexa dot, Echo dot thing. And everybody just saw the Christmas pickle and went, I don't know what that is. And I knew there was the Amazon Echo thing behind it. So when everybody was swapping their gifts, I went, I'm taking that. And now I actually have uh, Alexa, which I never, which I always said the regular Alexa. I'm like, why would I spend $100 or whatever they cost to have something listen to me all the time? Exactly. I got it for free. So it, it but... it's still listening. Mm-hmm. It, it You walk by and it's going, oop, little lights glowing because it hears, it hears you. It hears your footsteps. And it kind of turns on when it senses motion. And... Um, and so far, all I've said is, uh, you know, what's the temperature outside? And it kind of tells you. You know, what's the temperature in Florida? It kind of tells you. Um, so you don't speak around it at all other than that because it still listens? It still listens. Oh, I know it's listening. But uh, yeah, your phone listens to you, too. That's I, why those convenient ads always, always pop. pop up. Yeah, I know. They Even though even though uh, Apple says, no, oh, no, 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 no. No, of course it does. So, um, but anyway, it, it is, it's, uh, on Christmas Day, we had our, uh, nephews over with their kids, and um, the um, the four year old and the nine year old were constantly going over to it and went, Alexa, play this or do this. And because I don't have Amazon, it can only play what it can play, which is off of uh, TuneIn or or uh, Pandora, I guess. So speaking of Alexa, you, you can listen to this station on Alexa simply by going to saying to Alexa play AM 950 the spirit of Boston you don't even have to do that yeah no yeah because but I because I did I read it, it from yeah, I know but I but I did I said Alexa play WROL radio and all of a sudden boop pops up so um, when I said Alexa play the car doctor radio podcast not so good I got a couple of things but they weren't they weren't that so um, and so, because it uses um, iHeartRadio, I did put a link, or I went on iHeartRadio and submitted a podcast link, and uh, I don't know if they'll use it or not, but they get kind of funny about other radio stations sometimes. But we'll see. We'll see. You can, But people can listen to the podcast here on, they can go to WROLradio.com, and there's a link for the podcast from this show. You can go to johnapaul.podomatic.com. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to Burberry, Blueberry, Sunberry. Um, you can go to FM Player. There's all. If you just Google John Paul Car Doctor Radio Podcast, it'll come up with all kinds of different places to find it. Also, there's a website called Podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, dot com, where... Um, that's actually a free site for me, and I can and it hosts my show there too. So, um, and that doesn't seem to have any limit on how much storage. I pay for storage on Podomatic. I don't pay for storage on podcasts. So I, I'll, I'll keep putting stuff there till they eventually go to go out of business or something. So, and we won't necessarily have this. Not today's show. I we do not think technical so. Technical difficulties and I which never got it which um, as Paul Sullivan is coming in today. And he usually puts a lot of stuff on that. Could be an issue. Could be an issue. We may be going to records. Oh, no, no, no. The the, the internet works just fine. Okay. He'll be fine with that. He'll be fine with that. It was the cool edit system, oh. which is our 
recording system. Yeah. Which so I could not record today's episode oh. of the Paul, John Paul Car Doctor program. Executive producer fail. Yeah, well, it wasn't your fault. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Sure. A Denver woman has a bunch of questions after her 2007 Toyota SUV got stolen from the Denver International Airport. But they're not, where's my car and who stole it? Because it was returned to the same spot four and a half months later. Dun, dun, dun. Weird for sure, but it fits right in uh, at uh, Denver International Airport where conspiracy theories have been floating around since the construction of the early 90s. The biggest of which centers on the creepy red ho- red-eyed horse statue that killed a sculpture by falling on him and severing an artery. Some of the other artwork featuring death-themed, uh, death-related themes. Wait, wait, wait. Read that line again. A the... red-eyed horse statue that killed its sculpture by falling on him and severing oh, an artery. The, the sculptor. Sculptor. Okay, I'm like, how did it? How did a, a statue kill another statue? Uh, <laughs> Some of the other artwork featured a death-related themes, including a devil jumping out of a suitcase and a statue of Anubis. The Greek god of death. Well, this is a great airport. Jeez. This is the Denver uh, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was there not too long yeah. ago. Uh, but back uh, to Natasha Gray, uh, Gay. She was uh, at work at Ava's car rental in a temporary position when she came out to, and saw her car was gone. It was kind of like what happened. I'd literally been at work for three and a half hours. Gay told uh, KDVR. Uh, Denver. I was uh, definitely panicking at that moment because I was really just wondering what happened after. About five months later, the car mysteriously reappeared. Insurance had already paid off the loan. Denver police were investigating, but we know who really took it. The ghost of the Denver airport. Uh-huh. Well, the Denver airport was, uh, there was an old joke years ago. Remember when the plane landed in, like, the grass out in front of the White House? Remember when yeah, that yeah, happened? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And yes. It was, there was, like, what's the difference between that and the Denver airport? At least you can land at the White House because... The way the airport was created, planes weren't able to land there all the time because of the wind and the angles. Of the, they had to rearrange all the runways to, you know, they, they kind of drew them out and said, oh, this is how we want the runways to work. And then it got windy. And they said, oh, so, so they had to rearrange them. There's a Hyundai Elantra owner that drove a million miles in five years. Um, says here, my Hyundai has been a great car to me. I love to drive and have made a successful career out of it. Uh, so it was no surprise that I was able to get a million miles. The key is to prioritize regular maintenance and have a quality vehicle. Uh, to verify her record, Hyundai sent a team of technicians to inspect the car's system, service records, dealer history, and engine block numbers. Hyundai not only presented uh, the woman's name as Haynes with a million mile emblem to add to her odometer, uh, an actual Hyundai part but also set up a surprise party, which she received a much larger gift. Since she delivers auto parts and other products seven days a week, uh, day and night, Hyundai decided to order a surprise delivery for her. Uh, Hyundai said uh, Farrah dropped by a local auto repair shop to drop off what she thought was another auto part, but she instead was greeted by friends in her very own 2019 Hyundai Elantra. Wow. So they gave her another car. I don't know how you 200,000 miles a year. 
sounds like a lot of regular maintenance appointments, and it is. The oil in Haynes' car has to be changed every two weeks. That works out to about 26 oil changes a year. Uh, tire changes are a little less frequent. Um, this is not only a milestone for Farrah, but also for Hyundai and the quality of our vehicles, according to Dean Evans, CMO of Hyundai Motor Company. Reaching 1 million miles with the original powertrain in just five years is extremely rare and incredible achievement. We created the Million Mile Emblem because we believe in making things better for our loyal customers and look forward to other Hyundai drivers joining Farrah in the 1 Million Mile Club. That's a whole lot of driving. That is way too much driving. In seven? In five years. So 200,000 miles. Seven days a week. Oh. I, God love her. Yeah. That's dedication. I guess. That I just do not have. I know. I know. Me either. Um, there are uh, so when's the best day to go buy a used car or buy a new car now today uh, due to the calendar we always have strong selling days towards the end of the year Saturdays which are always the strongest selling days on uh, December 29th combined with Monday New Year's Eve which is always among the top selling days of the year um, as we head into that period it's important to note that incentives are still likely to be down overall for the industry however Excellent deals can still be found on specific models. Uh, End-of-year deals should be bountiful as dealers look to sell the last of the outgoing 2018 model year. As of December 19th, that still accounts for roughly one-third of all new car inventory on cars.com. For six brands in particular, more than 45% of new inventory remains. Mazda, Audi, Dodge, Ford, Mitsubishi, and Jeep. Dealers from those brands should want to clear out the old given model year 2018 cars. so they're staying on the lots longer than it should. By contrast, dealers selling Subaru, Acura, and Infiniti are almost all the way into the 2019 model year with less than 10% of their inventory. Um, so um, if you were going to go buy something, that uh, you know, go shop around and see what's out there. Uh, the Chevy Equinox power company GM is offering employee pricing on several models, including Equinox. In the automaker's advertised example, for uh, you could buy an Equinox Premier for around $40,000. Total discounts amounted to some 6000 if you finance with GM. Uh, Ford EcoSport, $1,700 to $3,600 off, depending on the region. Um, Hyundai Tucson, $3,000 $3,500 off, depending on trim or 0.9% financing. Kia Sorento. Kind of same deal, $2,3500 off, depending on trim levels. Nissan Murano, $4,5200 off. Uh, Nissan Rogue, 1000 or 3500 off for 2018 model years. Uh, the Chevy Cruze, same deal, employee discounts on that. The Chevy Malibu, the Ford Focus. Um, and then there's some cars that are going away. If you were thinking it was a great time to go buy an Alfa Romeo 4C, the little, the little two-door uh, sports car, and better hurry because it's going to it's not going to be uh coming back uh, alfa romeo has a small but exciting roster of vehicles available in the u.s my guests are exciting um the stelvio suv which i have driven in the both the hot rod trim and the regular trim level the julia which i have not driven and the spider which i drove when it first came out a few years ago um a couple of them are staying a couple of them are going but it looks like the 4c is uh Probably going away because they didn't sell many and they're expensive. The little Chevrolet uh, City Express van, which is really a Nissan, uh, four delivery shops and downsizing FBI surveillance teams may notice the discontinuation of the Chevy Express cargo van 
for all intents and purposes, which is a rebadged Nissan. So why not go out and buy the Nissan? But um, they were uh, they were working against the Transit Connect, so they had some pretty good competition. The one that I'm a little disappointed with is the Ford C Max. The Ford C Max um, is the uh, the hybrid SUV, which sort of an SUV, which competes with sort of like a Prius V. It's actually a pretty nice little vehicle. Um, Ford barely advertised it. Nobody knew it was there, and they're doing away with it. Um, the Ford Focus, this probably the last year for the Focus will probably be 19. It'll probably go away completely in 2020. Uh, Ford gave its Focus Compact the sunset treatment in 2019, 2018, uh, but they'll sell them for a while through 20, 2019. They're going to add some weird trim to it. The Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, the car that I own, uh, for the 2014 model year, Hyundai decided to redesign the Santa Fe SUV by splitting it into two separate sizes, a three-row Santa Fe to replace the outgoing Veracruz, which wasn't a great car, and the two-row Santa Fe Sport to replace the Santa Fe. Half a decade on, Hyundai has decided to rename the Santa Fe as the Santa Fe XL and the Santa Fe Sport as just the Santa Fe, keeping the name sort of. Uh, point being, Hyundai sorting its lineup branding out for 2019. And uh, so if you want a Santa Fe Sport, yeah, get it now because they're not going to be around anymore. Lincoln MKX uh, fell victim to rebranding, and it will be called the Nautilus, which I'm driving now and we'll talk about next week. Um, Lincoln's doing away with the whole alphabet soup of names, the MKX and the MKS. uh, People don't like names. People like names. People like Stuff they like calling their cars by by a name. They don't want to call it a letter, contrary to what BMW and Mercedes think. And Mazda, and Mazda. Although there was an uproar. Oh boy! There was a riot in the streets when they stopped calling the Miata a Miata. What they, is it called now? Well, they went back to calling it a Miata. They call it they called it an MX Five. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and it was and people were like it's not an MX Five. It's a Miata. And then they kind of called it an MX-5 Miata. And maybe they said, but everybody knows it's a Miata. That's what it is. It's a Miata. The car that I cannot in any which way, shape, or form fit in at all. Convertible. Yeah. Nope. The convert, when the convertible is down, I, first of all, I can't like really fit both legs in the car. Mm-hmm. Second of all, when I do manage to somehow contort my body to sit in the car, my head comes over the over the windshield, and my eyes line up where the the windshield ends, but yeah. the top is supposed to begin. So I can't really see. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, the the Miata is a small. I can fit in it, and the regular soft top convertible I'm okay with. The hard top convertible, the one that the roof folds into the trunk kind of thing. That one actually, I felt, and I don't. I'm not claustrophobic. That one, I felt it was too tight inside um, because of the way the roof is. I'm just there's too much of me for that car, um, and I I have no problem with small cars. Uh, two other cars that are going away: the uh, Nissan Quest, which I'm still surprised is still there, and the Volkswagen Tiguan Limited. Volkswagen took an interesting approach to the latest generation Tiguan and successfully redesigned the compact SUV. But it kept selling the smaller one, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. So they were selling the old one, selling the new one. And the new Tiguan is actually nice. So 
I don't know. It's goofy how they do stuff sometimes. Why don't we take another break? When we come back, we have some recalls to go over. And if you want to call us and wish us a happy new year, you can do that at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Everybody's doing it, and everybody's making money at it, except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors, and you don't know how to get in the game. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness, even if you have none, and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. We can design and implement all of your online marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your online advertising and sales. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now, there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundboston.com. That's surroundboston.com, connecting you with new customers. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day, with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. AM 950 WROL Boston, the spirit of Boston. A service of Salem Media Group.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Subaru is recalling about 400,000 cars in the United States to replace an engine valve spring and to fix incorrect fuel range estimates. There's a big surprise. People lying about their fuel mileage. The recall for the fuel range reporting system involves 2018 legacy and Outback models, which could give incorrect low fuel warning and range estimates. A software error on 228,000 cars could make the gauges show mileage remaining. Oh, I, I like this one better. It says that you might have like 50 miles to empty when, in fact, you have no miles to empty. So you run out of gas. Uh, Subaru said the company first discovered the problem in 20, December of 2017. Continental, the supplier, finished its investigation in July and determined by October that a software update is necessary. Subaru has applied the fix to 2019 models. At a later date, dealers will provide the 2018 models with this update. So if you own a Subaru Legacy or Outback, and don't believe how many miles to empty because it's going to lie to you. Uh, the second recall over engine valve spring affects 165,000 cars, including the 2012 to 2014 Impreza, the BRZ, and the XV Crosstrek, the 2013 uh, Scion FRS, which is uh, basically the BRZ, represents 25,000 of those faulty engine springs can crack, fall off, allow the valve to contract, contact the piston, all you need to know about that is it isn't pretty after that. Aside from rattles and excessive vibration, the engine can stall without warning and become severely damaged. I guess if the valve crashes into the piston. Starting with uh, May of 2013, after receiving a report from Japan, uh, Subaru increased the spring wire thickness by requiring the supplier to set tighter tolerances in the diameter during production. Still, despite receiving at least 15 reports of stalling cars in the U.S., Subaru was unconvinced of a defect based on the low failure rate. The company said it started a new investigation in November of 2016, which took two years, by the way, and dealers will replace the valve springs and potentially other damaged engine parts at an undetermined date. Toyota will contact Scion and Toyota owners separately. Honda inaccurate recalling 65,000 cars in the United States for poor braking performance. The 2016 and 2018-19 Honda HRV, the Acura MDX, and Honda Odyssey minivan are affected, including those that may have had replacement brake parts from prior service. Hydrogen gas, really, may become trapped in the brake lines due to insufficient coating of the rear brake calipers. Uh, when bubbles form in the brake fluid, the hydraulic circuit becomes compromised. Under braking pressure in, in the line compresses the gas and decreases the force of the fluid, which causes the pedal to feel soft and can reduce stopping power. Um, kind of, Kind of an odd one, actually. Um, you never know, I guess. And so they have 90 owner complaints, and they'll take care of it. In uh, September, Acura recalled the NSX for uh, brake light failure. They've sold like six of those, I think. So that's not too many to worry about. Honda's also recalling 100,000 18 and 19 Honda, Minis Honda Odyssey minivans because the power sliding doors might open as you're driving down the road. That would be a problem. Apparently, according to Honda, some components of the power sliding door's rear latch assembly are prone to sticking, which can stop the front and rear latches from securing um, properly. The problem affects left and right power doors. Honda says the dealers have limited supplies of latch repair kits, but it anticipates having more in stock. Um, Odyssey owners can temporarily disable the power sliding doors until the parts become available. Uh, that should be done only at the owner's request. Um, but, yeah, the door can open up and whatever. Um, 
But yeah, it's just one of those things. And if you think your car is under a recall, you can you can check the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website, and you can actually put your vehicle identification number in. So instead of just seeing a broad number, so sort of like, oh, my Nissan Rogue, Nissan Rogues have been recalled. You can actually put your specific number in. It'll say whether your vehicle has been recalled and whether it's been fixed. So, uh, so you can tell whether it's it's part of an open recall, which is which is kind of nice. So, makes it all makes it all good. And because the recalls the recalls keep happening, Ford just announced a recall of eight hundred seventy four thousand full size and heavy duty pickup trucks in the U.S. and Canada due to a defective engine block heater. So if you have one of these vehicles and you and you got the the optional engine block heater to keep plugged in when it's cold. Well, bad things could happen. The recall covers 2015 to 2019 Ford F-150 pickups, 2017 to 2019 F-250, 350, 450, and 550 Super Duty trucks. The automaker said the risk of fire only occurs when the vehicles are turned off and they're plugged in. Well, that would be when you're not using them. So... Uh, Ford said in a statement that a splice connector in the block heater cord allows moisture into the wiring, causing it to corrode. The corroded wire could trip circuits or sh- cause a short. To rectify the situation, Ford has instructed his dealers to replace the recalled block heater cords and either apply dielectric grease at the splice connector or replace the corroded units with new ones. The recall would be performed at no cost to consumers. Ford didn't say when it's going to happen. Block heaters provide uh, steady flow of current to crucial underhood components to aid in engine starting, reduce wear. About half the cars are recalled are sold um, in Canada or in the northern border. So probably not so much around here, but I know our, our diesel tow trucks are all plugged in when they're not being used, so they start up easily. The automaker said in a statement that they're aware of three fires that started as a result of faulty block heaters. So, and... I guess in kind of the good news category, we're talking about Denver earlier. Uh, the city of Denver has deployed angels across the city at the base of the Rocky Mountains. Only these angels don't wear wings. Instead, they're armed with rewards for drivers that park correctly. According to CBS4 Denver, uh, on Monday, police officers on bicycles are already, already, are already on a hunt for drivers who park correctly by not blocking bike lanes. Officers have already handed out more than a few rewards. When one of these parking angels finds a driver parking so not to block bike lanes, they hand out a $5 gift card to be used at city parking meters. City officials told this TV station that it's important for drivers to pay attention to signs and exercise courteous parking behavior as the Denver cycling population grows. I don't know. Pretty good. And in the in the category of self-driving cars, ex-Waymo engineer Anthony Lewandowski could have dozed off as he made a coast-to-coast trip behind the wheel of self-driving test car. He claims to have not touched the steering wheel of the car when it was on the highway between San Francisco and New York. A 3,000-mile trip. The milestone trip was promoted uh, by Pronto AI Technology, which started after he left uh, Waymo, which is a Google company. Uh, he's got some controversy, though, and he there's some stories about what he did and what he didn't do. But apparently, he's his cars only use six uh, cameras, take information from the road. Uh, they don't use LiDAR, which is the spinny thing on the roof, which is what really makes self-driving cars work well. 
Um, but he claims he did that long-distance drive and um, did it on the highway. Touch. Never touched the steering wheel. I, I just want to apologize to some of the callers that are calling in now. It's a little late to get on the air. So if you're trying to call in now, sorry, the gatekeeper is closed. Wow, you're mean. I'm sorry. But mean, you're mean. The huh. show ends around 10 o'clock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just one of those things. Uh, they're, all, they're, they're actually Paul, all Paul Sullivan's listeners anyway. Show ends around ten o'clock. Around, yeah. around ten o'clock. Yeah. Since when have I ever left on time? <laughs> it's early. It's late. Hey, there's Paul Sullivan right there. I heard his voice. Not only that, I can hear you through the headphones that you in. Um, I see. No, it was. It was actually. It was actually. We had an in-studio guest earlier. Oh, good. Okay. And uh, actually, we, I heard that. Yeah, on we, the way in. Yeah. Sounds. It, Dennis's friend. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. known him since he was ten. Wow, but he didn't. Like he that? didn't have the self-driving car. No, he didn't. Track, but he you know. didn't. But he he spends like six or seven months a year just doing, traveling the country, doing nothing. Uh, problem with doing nothing is you never know when you're done. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But well, actually, he does because he sets a. He has to go back to work, so that's when he's done doing nothing. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. okay. But right. some someday. Yeah. I don't know what it would be like to have nothing to do and all day to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's controversy about that. Some yeah. people say that it would drive you to an early grave. And other people say, I can live on the beach for 30, 40 years. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I am uh, one of those people. <laughs> I don't know about the beach, but a fo- like woods and mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. I, you know, I could deal with the beach, but I'm not a beach person. I think it, now if you know, Salem Radio will have me, mm-hmm. someday if I ever retire mm-hmm. from AAA, I hope they'll still let me come here. Mm-hmm. Or well, be on I the told air you before, here. You're the best car show I ever heard. I'm the only car show you ever heard. No, that's not true. No, I'm a radio aficionado. You know that that's, as well. So I've right. heard others. That's right. that's right. You just keep your radio on scan. Just let it automatically change stations every like ninety seconds. <laughs> We're going to drive down to um, New Jersey tomorrow, and when you put the, on scan around New York City, you don't know what's on. No, no, no. I, yeah. no, I, I, my, my experience of driving to New York makes me want to have satellite radio. <laughs> I have satellite radio for that reason. Because yeah. when I was going down to Hilton Head every summer, I was like, you know what? I'm going to invest in satellite radio, mm-hmm. and this way I can just put on stations, and it'll work. Yeah. Yep. Because I love local radio. No, I do too. But it's New fascinating. York, but New York is just not local anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's not good. Yeah. Hey, you can actually hear the piano. Player. I can. Yeah. Turn it down a little bit. Look at that. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, I'm ordering con- production. But what control? Hey. What control? Hey, so what's coming up for the Irish Hip Parade today? Uh, we have three hours of the last Saturday.